Welcome to the One Question Podcast. I am so happy that you are here with me today. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion of living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Now today we're mixing it up, I'm doing a solo episode, and the main reason for that is that we have reached an incredible milestone. Today marks the 150th episode of the One Question Podcast, and I am super excited, proud, ecstatic, and just so bloody happy that we have come this far. That is all thanks to you and my beautiful listener, that the feedback you give me, the fact that you turn up every week, that you love what I'm putting out there, and sometimes you don't. <laughs> you give me feedback, all the things, which is just wonderful. But uh, that's the whole point. This is why I started this podcast, was to challenge people's notion about things. And sometimes those feelings and those conversations are uncomfortable, and sometimes we don't agree with them, but that's great. Like, this is what the world should be about, understanding other people's points of view and you know, for me, one of my massive values is around connection. And so this is what I get to do with a person usually sitting with me and with you, my listener. So I just want to say thanks. It's awesome to be here. And I hope you enjoy today's podcast as we hit into the 150 mark. So I've got quite a few questions of late, but I wanted to start with one, well, two that blend together. So the first one is from Joe. How do you run a number of businesses and spend so many weeks holidaying? Which is a great question. <laughs> a nervous giggle there because it is something that I do cop a little bit of flack about and uh, we'll get into that. And a topic that's kind of a little bit related with that is how do you find your thing? Which I think by finding my thing and being able to do what I do has then led for me to be able to do the holidays and to navigate my life the way I do. So there's some conversations that we're going to chat about today. So strap in, let's get started. So for those that are new and maybe don't know what it is I do, I have about 11 streams of income. Some of those would be what we deem as relatively passive income. Others are incredibly hands-on, which some would say I hardly make $2 an hour with those. And I'll get into that a little bit more later on. But one of the things I'm very passionate about as a person that's been in tourism and travel for 25 years is travel and holidaying and new experiences and seeing the world is absolutely one of my most important things in life. Well, other than obviously my family, the people I love and my husband, etc., and my mates, but it's hugely important for me to get out, see the world, have new experiences. And it's something that is a non-negotiable, to be honest. It was very difficult in our lockdown times. And um, coming out of that, I've been trying to make up for those three years of lockdown ever since. So at this point in time, we are only eight weeks to Christmas and so 10 weeks to the end of the year. 
And it's a perfect time for me to challenge you of thinking about things a bit differently. We're going into holiday seasons here in Australia. This is our summer. Most of us do take a fair bit of time off, but I actually take a fair bit more time off through winter because I can't, I'm a summer baby and uh, I'm solar powered. So I need to be in the sun as much as I can. And whilst Australia's and Sydney's winters are pretty mild, I still bloody can't cope with it. So I need to get out of here. This last 12 months and probably the year before, I've taken close to three months holiday, 12 weeks a year, where I'm exploring something, doing something, traveling the world, going on a retreat. That doesn't include doing uh, conferences, so they are over and above that as well. So it means that I spend a bit of time out of my everyday business. If we term most of my businesses are pretty remote, I can do them most places around the world, except for the ceramics, of course, which I do need to be in my studio. So that has made things a little bit trickier these last couple of years because I can be quite remote with most of the other stuff I do. So three months is quite a long time. Uh, How I break that down, let's talk about this year and what I'm planning for next year, which is quite similar. So I have uh, seven weeks in Europe, which most of that was in Italy, and we're planning to do the same thing. I do do a bit of work while I'm over there. I'm going to be doing some teaching and being a student and being with a mentor in a ceramics town in Italy. I did a little bit of that this year. I'm going to do quite a bit next year, which will be exciting. I have about two weeks or three weeks over the Christmas summer period. We often go away. We might go to New Zealand to my husband's family or um, traveling around Australia. And then I do about three or so one week retreats throughout the year as well, which I would class, you know, as obviously self-care for me, who, if you don't know my story, I have had cancer. So I take my health really seriously and they are part of my maintenance. You know, it's really important for me to do stuff to reset my body. You know, I like to live life. I like to eat lots of pasta and chocolate and have a glass of wine. So it's important every few months that I try and reset to uh, bring myself back in line and be a bit healthier. So in order to do that, I do have to have businesses and a lifestyle that enables me to do that. And obviously, and also the funds to do it. And it hasn't happened overnight. I think that's the first thing I'd like to really highlight that it's not easy to get there. I feel very lucky that I get to do what I do. But whilst I feel lucky, I've worked bloody hard to do what I do these days. And also I've taken tons of risks and I've made lots of sacrifices. So I think in the outset, I would just like to highlight that to begin with, that You need to plan what you want to do with your life, listening to others and they say, oh, this is not the plan. You know, I've just hit this milestone birthday or this point in my life and this was not my plan to be here. And it made me think, well, like, what is your plan then? Like when you ask someone, well, if this is not your plan, what was your plan? And often people can't tell you what that plan was. And so I challenge you to think about that. Think about the things that you'd like to do every day if you could absolutely start your life again or have a blank sheet of paper today. And one of the questions that is a really good one to ponder on, remove anyone else's expectations on you. But if money and other people's expectations were no longer a consideration, what's the one thing in your life that you'd change? I'm going to say that again. If money and others' expectations were no longer a consideration, what's the one thing in your life that you would change? There could be lots of things in your life that you want to change. 
for me, it was around work. You know, there were lots of things that were going on. I was working for organizations that maybe I wasn't that happy with, the moral code or things that we were doing were not aligned to how I wanted to live my life. I was working with people that I didn't really respect or have the same values that they did. So it was really important for me to start to look for other stuff. And the way in which I've started these sort of things is I've always had side hustles. I've always had little businesses. I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and I know that's not for everyone listening. They're not the same, but there could be something that you're interested to do on the side, and that might not be a business. It doesn't have to be a business. It could be a hobby, or it could be an interest that you have. You might want to volunteer and help other people. There's so much, you get so much back from giving to others. It just feeds the soul and it's such a beautiful feeling. And if you haven't done anything in that space, I'd highly recommend it. You know, there could be local businesses or charities nearby that you could just help with a a couple of hours a week even. This can look differently for everyone. But building a dream and a dream life takes time, but you have to start somewhere. So why not start now? We're coming, for those in Australia listening, we're coming to the end of the year. It's a great time to reflect. Look at the stuff that you did in the last year. What are the things that brought you joy? What are those moments and those experiences that you had that you're like, I want to do more of that? You know, how do I create more of that in my life? And start thinking about the kinds of things that you'd like to do every day. You can start really macro and think about like big picture, I want a house in on the beach or I want to, you know, live in Italy for three months a year or I want to completely leave my job and start a different career. I mean, who knows what that looks like for you? Only you can know that. And there's the rub as well. Don't listen to anyone else. Listen to you. Listen to your heart. Really think about it. You are the only one that can truly know one, that's right for you, and two, what you want to do. But you have to really listen to yourself and don't be fed by others. I mean, and I know in my life as well, I've had those experiences where sometimes people see things in you that you don't see in yourself. And so they might say, I think you'd be great at this. And so that does help. There are definitely times in my life that people have highlighted things or noticed things in me that I didn't quite see. And we're pretty tough on ourselves, more tougher than others are on us. So there could be some hints that people say to you. And if you hear it more than twice, three times, it's like, listen to that. If they're telling you you're really good at this and you enjoy doing it, maybe that's something you can do with that that you've never thought of before. So step by step, you can put little things in motion to increase your happiness every day. What that might look like is different for everyone. I'll give you some examples of what I did. So I was working for a big organization. It was an agency and it was full on. I was a shareholder in the business, but I loved candles. And I thought, "Hmm, I put all these empty vessels. Maybe I can make some candles and fill up these vessels rather than, you know, to recycle them rather than throw them out. And I did that in the lead up. I bought a little candle kit, cost me 30 bucks, I think, from eBay at the time. And we're talking like seven, eight years ago. And Dennis, my husband, went off to play golf. Uh, It was a couple of days before Christmas. And he came back and there were 30 candles on the bench, you know, that I'd made. And he's like, wow, where did they come from? (laughs) I said, I just made them. And they're really lovely. It's really nice. So I made these little labels for them and I decorated them and put some ribbons and gave them all away that year for Christmas. And everyone went, they were amazing. Can you make us more? And there in line, a little business started called Knox Cox Candle Co. 
And I started that with a mate of mine. We decided that we would need to share the load because we've both got a lot on. And we did that business for six years, which brought us so much joy. And I think lots of joy for others because we closed the business down last year because we've both got too much on and my ceramics has gone a bit mental for me. So I can't have too many diversions from that. But everyone keeps asking us, can you please make more candles? They were so lovely. But that started as a tiny little hobby on the side. It could have been a really big business if we wanted to put more time and effort into that. But there were other things that I wanted to do. But one tiny example of me just starting something out of joy and starting something for myself. I love candles. I love having scents around the house. And that was, you know, that turned into a little business that could certainly go into something else. So asking yourself those kind of questions about what would I want to do with my time if money wasn't an issue, if the kids were grown up or I didn't have to do all the things that I need to do all the time with them, if I didn't have to do this job that I don't particularly love, What would I like to do ultimately with my time, with my brain, with my body every day? What could that look like? What would you want to do for yourself? You know, would you want to work for yourself or would you want to work for others? Is there an organization that you'd like to work for or would you like to start your own business? It was helpful for me to work through the minutiae as well when I started to build this life that I wanted to, you know, look a bit differently. One of the things was what would a Monday look like for me when I was picturing this different life, you know, years ago, I was like, I bloody hate Mondays. I'd get into, you know, the Sunday rut in the afternoon on Sunday and all I would think about is, oh my God, I've got all these emails I need to do, these things that I've got to get ready because Monday's always a shit show. So I need to do stuff on a Sunday night to make sure I'm ready, start early, get in, do it. And I really hated and dreaded Monday mornings. And I thought, hang on a minute, I've started my own businesses and I've done this stuff to have the power and the flexibility to do what I want to do. Why can't I reclaim the Monday and make it one of my best days of the week? So that was my reframing in my own brain to begin with. So rather than thinking that it was posed upon me and that everyone else and, you know, my business partners and all the job I worked for, they made my Monday shit. It was like, how can I take that back? How can I take that power back and make Mondays better for me? Like, what time would I get up? What would I do first thing? And how would I feel in those mornings? What would make me happy? What would challenge me? So one of the things I thought, well, you know, exercise is obviously a big part of my life. It keeps my brain settled, I guess, with my body active. And it helps me moving meditation is really good for me. So in those early days, I would do yoga first thing on a Monday morning. And then I actually enrolled, it was before I found pottery, but I had enrolled in piano classes finding different things that I'd never tried before and that I'd always wanted to. So I had a list of things that I thought I always wanted to learn to read music and I would always love to be able to learn to play the piano. So I would get up, go to the beach, have a walk, do yoga overlooking the beach. Then I'd go to piano lessons, have everything ready and I'd be in the office by sort of 9.30, 10 o'clock. And I decided that I was going to work from home on a Monday. And this is pre-COVID, so now people have lots more flexibility But Mondays were my day working from home that I would power through some of the big stuff. So I designed that Monday to work well from a personal level as well as a professional level. And then in the afternoons, because I notoriously am a workaholic and I would work late into night, but I was like, Mondays I need to finish by six. Like that's my cutoff. And I would pretend that I have a meeting with my husband 
to have dinner. If I have to be in a meeting or I have to be somewhere, I will make sure that I stick to those deadlines. If not, I will always go over and he'd be like 7.30, 8 o'clock, are you ready for dinner yet? <laughs> so uh, they were kind of my Mondays and then I would make sure that we would have do something together on a Monday night or watch telly or which I hardly ever do, but, you know, those type of things. So I literally went through minutia to get over the first of all that, you know, Monday-itis. And then that kind of went into particular days or particular things that I was working on that I was like, how can I reframe this and take the power back and make it more enjoyable? And if you listen to Tim Ferriss, I'm a big fan of his, and he has a saying of how might this look like if it was easy? And so he reframes a lot of stuff and it's a really good tool to use to think about things a bit differently. So I started to do that with every day of the week, with every task I was doing, with every job I was working on. And bit by bit, I changed things in my life. I changed things in my professional career and in my personal sort of side as well. And I started to play more and I found ceramics. And then I got on boards and, you know, started to work in businesses and with people that brought me so much more joy and value and those sort of things that were aligned So that then led to me reviewing my whole entire year and going, what would amazing look like? And for me, that was to have three months holiday a year. Now, initially, I always thought that that would be, you know, three month chunk that potentially I'd live offshore. But what I've come to learn is actually there's lots of other things I like to do and to break up the year is great as well. So having those sort of 12 weeks, as I said, you know, seven in Italy, two to three weeks over Christmas and then those other retreats, that works really well for me. And it enables me to do lots of different things as well, stuff that's great for my body, stuff that's great for my mind and learning more about my craft. So there's a step-by-step process. But what I look at then for the year is I have a little yearly planner. I put all the holidays in, those big rocks as they call them, and map out the rest of the year around that. And I really try and challenge myself in doing different stuff throughout the years as well. You know, I want to go somewhere I haven't been to before. The life list of I've just interviewed beautiful Kate Christie. You know, that's great to really assess what you're working on. What does that look like? And how do you bring those things? It doesn't have to be major stuff like that. It can be little things every day too. The other thing I really need in life, I guess, is to be challenged. And personally, I believe that you need to remain interested in things and in life and in people to remain interesting. And that's something my husband and I talk about a lot because Dennis is getting to a retirement age and he's like, well, I think I'm going to retire and not do anything. I was like, you're too, you know, mentally stimulated. He loves things too much. He's a voracious reader. So I'm like, you know, there's things that you can still do to remain interested in life. And then he remains interesting. And we, you know, people that I know that have retired, they get really bored and I don't want him to get there and I don't want us to, you know, have that in our relationship either. So we're having those really open conversations about how that could look a bit differently for us. So Joe, I hope that sort of answered, I think the part of the question was around how do you run your businesses? So, I mean, the income that I have, obviously the pottery business, I work seven days a week when I'm here. I guess that's the reality as well, you know, to take that much time off. I do have a lot on my plate when I make plates. You know, I do work hard when I'm here, but I love what I do. So it kind of becomes a mute point for me. But designing your life in a way that suits you, I could do more work, I could do something else to bring in more money. But there's also that limit for me of going, that's not what I want to do. 
you know, I've had the big job of being a CEO and I don't really want to do that anymore. There's so much more that, you know, I want to do with my life and this sort of lifestyle and what I've created enables me to do that much more freely. So be clear about that too. You might decide that working two or three casual jobs or part-time jobs is better for you than working one full-time job. Like who says you have to do that? Or like I do, where I've got investments, I've got property that I rent, we rent our house out. That's another form of income. And that's a lot of work to get your house prepared to be able to rent it out. But I treat that as a job. I obviously got keynote speaking and podcast hosting income. I sell my books. That's another form of income. And then there's the boards that I sit on, as well as the pottery and my retail stores, etc. So there's a number of different ways and they're all very different, but you need to sort of think about what could that look like for you and just have a little bit of a play in the meantime and uh, work through that. How do you find your thing? For me, you know, taking a playful approach. If something feels really fabulous when you're doing it, whether it's a hobby or, you know, you bake cakes and you get so much joy and people love what you do, then think about that. Is that something you'd like to do every day or a lot more to gain an income out of? And sometimes you don't want to make your hobby into an income-led thing because it actually it will lose that joy you know, element for you and that's very real as well. So have a think about that too and make sure it is what you want to do because um, sometimes when I've got to make 200 plates and um, I'm not feeling it, you've got to love it. <laughs> have that grit to sort of fire through. So... That gives you an idea about the types of things I do. Hopefully that helps. And Joe, if you have any other questions with that, let me know. But I wish you all the very best coming into the end of the year. I challenge you to think about what have you done? What does it look like? And what could next year look like for you instead? And maybe tweaking a few things or doing some of those wonderful things that you've loved and doing far more of them to bring you huge amounts of joy and for 2024 to be an absolute humdinger year for you. That's what I wish for everyone. So there you have it, the 150th episode that I have brought to you this last what four years. We're about to start recording into our fifth season as well, which I can't wait for next year, but we've got some absolute amazing interviews coming up as well for the rest of the year. So stick with me. I want to just say thanks again. Thanks for being here. Thanks for making this possible for me. If you weren't here and you didn't turn up and you weren't listening, then this wouldn't exist. I wouldn't get to do it. I really want to say thanks from the heart and please keep giving me feedback. Please keep giving me some ideas of stuff to talk about, some people that you want me to interview. Love it when people drop me a line. So continue to do that. The best way to do that is through my Instagram and, you know, Facebook or websites. So michellejcox.com or michelle.j.cox on um, Instagram as well. So drop me a line. Love to hear from you. And again, thanks for being here. Here's cheers to the next 150.